0: Remix,
1: J.E. Y'all, run D.M.C. to the beach, y'all. Ah ha, ah Ah, ha, and me, y'all know my name. Come on, first of all, I know these so called players.
0: Oh yeah, that brings you back right there. You know what's up live, back in action, ground and pound style through your radio dial, taking it from the 49-yard line to the house. This is the 49ers forecast, and my name is Jason Fearman. Contact me on Twitter at Profit one especially for the Q&A session that we're going to have as always, and I appreciate the listeners getting involved and in bringing their opinion to the table. Awesome, go- awesome job, guys. Love it. This show, as you know, presented by the Sports Column in conjunction with Rufus Sports. Hey, if you aspire to be a sports writer, go to the sportscol.com. That's thesportscol.com and submit your article. All right, listen, today's show is a very special show because my fellow co-host on the 3rd and 3 podcast is joining me on the 49ers forecast because our Niners taking on her New York Giants in week three and she's going to help me break down the upcoming matchup. Without further ado I present to you the first lady of sports radio, my work wife Nikki Gisda Matthews. To you, to me, Tricky Nikki G. What is happening?
1: Oh my god, always quite the intro. I love it. Now I am uh, doing good. You got me rocking out. With
0: thank you for having me on the 49ers forecast. I'm excited to be here. Oh man, I'm excited to have you. I really appreciate it. Just worked out that way. You're a Giants fan, obviously, I'm a Niners fan. And here we go week three. And week two was something of a major debacle with injuries in the NFL. And we're going to get to that on the third and three podcast tomorrow with me, Nikki, and Damian. But we're going to concentrate a lot here on the Giants and the 49ers right now, Nikki. Again, being an expert and Eli Manning lover of life. (laughs) She's got crazy passion and crazy knowledge about her giants. So, we're going to get into that. A little fantasy action, a whole lot of stuff for you. All right. So, we're ready to rock and roll. Neighborhood news off the bat. A little bit of a different sound for neighborhood news. Nick, tell me what you think about this one.
1: There goes the
0: neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood. I think it's there goes the neighborhood now because the neighborhood is getting really small. There's not many yeah. players left. <laughs> it's crazy out there. And, you know, to start off with, one of the best players in the league. And it broke my heart too because I'm a huge fan. And again, he was hurt last year. Nikki Saquon Barkley out for the season. What the hell? If there was any hope whatsoever, oh, right? Oh, I, I Jerry, like
1: I, this right and so the play before he kind of goes down on the, the elbow and it's like no oh my god you know i'm like no please get it you know and it's oh he hyperextended he's okay he's back in so like all right cool then and he knew it too because that wasn't a stiff arm really that was like get the f off me you <laughs> know or ACL, they just, like, they know it, he's banging the ground, and I'm like, he's done, he's done, this yeah. is a two-year process, and, like, the wind just came out of my sails, and I'm like, I'm not much of a cry. I didn't cry. But fewer things can make me cry than, like, winning a Super Bowl or watching one of your favorite players
0: go down. So I
1: was
0: having a tough time. God, I know it. I know. And fantasy players around the world having a tough time with Christian McCaffrey going out. Also, you're basically your number one and number two draft picks. One is not playing the whole year. I don't know how long McCaffrey is out for, what the deal is. But so many torn ACLs and everything. But, yeah, Barkley... It's just so unfortunate. Also for Daniel Jones, a guy that you want to you know, you want to grow and having a guy like Barkley there is gonna help out so much. Yeah, this is a big deal. If the Giants didn't have problems already, this is a major problem. And they're looking to bring in a guy who was a you know, pretty hot running back a few years ago, but really haven't seen much of him in Devonta Freeman. Does that even excite you bringing him in right now? Because what do you got? Deion Lewis and and what and Goldman That's it, Goleman, I think. Yeah.
1: You know what? I I think you got to find a little bit of a bright spot because it's tough being a New York fan. So, you know what? Devonta Freeman, uh, let's give him a shot. Like two-time Pro Bowl running back. Um, four out of his six seasons, he had 1,000-plus all-purpose yards. He can pass protect pretty well. So, you know what? I'm open to it. I'm not like jumping out of my, you know, seat about it, but I-, I think it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a positivity that this team needs that I think maybe the fans need. So, I'm here
0: for it. Yeah, you know, maybe he could be revamped, you know, Todd Gurley looking a little bit better in Atlanta, maybe DeVonta Freeman could do the same thing with the Giants. Uh, look, that's a tough call right there. And I'm just thinking right now as he was speaking and not that I want this to happen, but the 49ers have a slew of running backs between you know, obviously, Jarek McKinnon coming back. I know most of it is hurt right now, and that's destroying me. But, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Tevin Coleman, I wouldn't be shocked if you guys get one of them in some sort of trade for a fourth, fifth-round pick or something like that. So, I don't know. Watch out for that one. I'm just kind of thinking that off the top of my head. You never know. But um, the one thing I do like about the Giants, Nick, and we're going to talk a lot more about the Giants and the Niners and everything and the game coming up and what happened last week, but their defense is looking better.
1: Yes, it is. I I am pretty happy with how the defense is, is playing. We'll get into it when we when we break it down. But you know what? I yes, defensively, I am happier with them than watching this putrid offense. <laughs> I just can't get it the hell
0: together. But maybe this week. Yeah, but like she says, we're gonna bring it. We're gonna break it all down. We're gonna get way deep into this thing. So let's finish up with this neighborhood news action. Going to my Niners, who went into that Jet game, and we're going to talk about the turf in a little while, actually, over here is some inside info. I love it. But the Niners went into the game already without George Kittle, their rookie Brandon Alyuk again for the second game in a row. No Richard Sherman, no D Ford, among other players like Ben Garland wasn't there. And then during the game, losing Nick Bosa, like you say, when Saquon went down and you just, he knew it. He's like, I'm done for the season. Nick Bosa did the same exact thing. He said, I know I'm done. I feel it. I know exactly what this injury is. And he's out for the year. Solomon Thomas, also on the defensive line, out for the year. Destroying me right now. I, I can't take this. So the 49ers are gonna are gonna have to look elsewhere to get you know, to, you know, to get more beef because D Ford, again, is a guy who's hurt. You know, this you got Eric Armstead, great, but there's not a lot of other guys out there. Javon Kinlaw. I don't know, did we go, (laughs) I don't know who else there is a sign, I really don't know right now, but the 49ers got major, major issues, and even other players that not everybody knows about, so this is tough, Mostert, Jimmy G going down, wow, Uh, so the 49ers, like I said, couldn't come at a better time playing the Jets, but then all those guys go down, and I I felt good about playing the Giants, and we're going to talk about our matchup coming up in a few minutes, but I don't feel so good about it so much anymore right now, because we are in a whole heap of trouble, and I don't want Nick Mullins starting for us a quarterback again. We got a lot to talk about and a lot of issues, and the Niners are one and one right now, and it's a scary one-on-one. One. The Giants 0-2. Their schedule doesn't get any brighter or more beautiful at all. They do play the 49ers coming up this week, but let's recap what happened last week, Nikki. We had the Bears and the Giants. It's in Chicago. The Giants definitely had a shot, but of course with Saquon going down, That takes the air out of the team, Um, obviously takes away your best offensive player, but what were you thinking of them as the game was going on before he got hurt, and even after he got hurt, sizing up the Giants against a Bears team who is, we're not sure about yet, maybe mediocre? Yeah,
1: I, what was I thinking? I can't say it on here. (laughs) Parental
0: advisory. (laughs) Yes, I'll put out mature audience only.
1: Uh, what a nightmare. I think I put this in our group text between me, you and Dave. Like Halloween came early. Like I just, uh, you know what I feel like, Jay? I feel like I really, you could have put the game on from three years ago and it would have looked exactly the same. Like those same problems. The same mm-hmm. issues that you just can't punch it in, you can't get a yard, you can't get in the end zone. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, Graham Ganoe missing the field goal. I mean, come on. How do you have the same issues over and over and over and over again? And I'm really just disgusted with this offensive line. I mean, yeah. want get see, week before six yards, I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing? And this offensive line has been ignored, I don't, I want to say a good five years. Like, probably six, but I'd say a good five years. And so here comes another season, 0 2. It's probably over before Halloween, like, again, because we did make the playoffs in 2016, but we started 2 0. So another 0 2 season. Mm-hmm. It's just disheartening, you know? Uh, I just. I am a disheartened Giants fan,
0: and I'm sick of seeing the same shit over and over again. I know. I, I, I know. I, I feel your pain. and It, it really it, it sucks. Again, your best player going down, and we all start 0-0, and now here you go, 0-2, and it, it's just a horrible feeling. 0-2 teams don't usually go to the playoffs or win the Super Bowl, for that matter. It happens here and there once in a while. Maybe an extra team. like we got a seventh team in each conference now. Who knows what's going to happen? Because that division is always weird. Washington football team, I'm not high on them. What I've seen out of Philadelphia so far, I'm not high on them at all. So Dallas seems to be like the only team in that entire division that can do anything. But what happened yesterday to get off the Giants just for a second and talk about that, did you see that game? I mean, Atlanta's up 20 to nothing, all right? So they do their normal Atlanta thing and blow the freaking game, right? So Dallas comes all the way back and the freaking onside kick, how do you not know the rules? If you're an offensive player and you got your hands team out there, jump on the damn ball. They all waited it for to go 10 yards, which you don't have to do if you're the receiving team. They blew it, and the, and the field goal, and the game is over, and wow. That's got to make you sick. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like
1: their fans are used to it. You know what, Atlanta – Damn you, because you were my bold prediction. I said you were going to be better than people thought, but I'm off that train. <laughs> I'm done. I take it. I take it all that. You know what? Atlanta's a great fantasy team. Like, I have Ridley. I'm getting 30, 35 points. Like, Matt Ryle, rack it up for you. They're a great fantasy team, but don't like they can't close it out. Like, they just get, they cannot hang on to a lead. It's mind-blowing.
0: You know, so it gets me to thinking, is it – Now, you know, we got first year Joe, you know, uh, Joe Judge is, you know, first year. Obviously, Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator. Is it one of those things like we've talked about, Nikki? they need more time together? Do you not like the play calling? Do you not like what you're seeing out of coaching and reaction? And overall, Daniel Jones, do you even see improvement out of him? Mm. Okay, let me try not to be aggravated when I when I. I, I (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to piss you off too much. In the moment, and you're just like, you know, beep beep beep, every
1: curse word in the world. You know, he's got Daniel Jones really got to work on the ball security. I mean, I, it's giving me a heart attack. Mm. But I don't hate the play calling. I really don't. Um, Joe Judge, I mean, it's been two weeks, so I can't be like, you know, getting crazy here. We have to see how everybody's going to gel. Like we've talked about before, we knew this was going to be tough for teams who are coming in, brand new team, young guys, not a lot of veterans, new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. I mean, it's going to take time. I get that. But, um, you know, I think that Daniel Jones has to work on ball security for sure.
0: He definitely does and one of my crazy bold predictions was that he would finish a fo- top 5 fantasy player given that yeah they would be playing from behind at you know a lot of times during the season and would rack up a you know a few extra touchdowns here and there but you know when I do look at their offense and think about the guys they have now they don't really have a plus players at any position except for running back and unfortunately he's not there anymore but I feel like they can they should be able to throw the ball but I think they try to take too many shots. You know, when you got like Sterling, Sh- uh, Sterling Shepard, why not throw him a slant over the middle or have Golden Tate, when he's healthy, do a little, uh, you know, a, a little curl or whatever it may be. And, you know, you got, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the other guy, uh, uh, Slayton. Uh, oh,
1: Slay. Yeah, Slay. He's slay. The
0: only one. Shows up, catches the ball. You know, Evan Ingram,
1: like I said, dude was drafted taking a nap. I don't know what is wrong with this guy. It's not the, <laughs> it's not the type of tight end we need, please. But, you yeah, know, yeah, I get it. I get where there's gaps in the in the play calling. But, again, I think having no preseason, these new teams really are going to need some time to gel. And this is just not the year for it to really come together. And if it does, it's going to be much later and way too late.
0: Yeah, well, you know, look, you know, again, not trying to throw any offense at you at all or anything, but the Giants are obviously building for the future. We all know that. They're a young team. They're one of the younger teams in the NFL, so they don't expect to win a championship this year, but expectations obviously being a little bit higher. You know, the draft pick of Andrew Thomas at left tackle, should they have gone a different way now? You know, I mean, not just based on the way that he's played the last couple of games. I mean, it's been two weeks, and, you know, he's in the big leagues now. He's playing in the NFL, but... Would you want a better defender, more firepower on offense, or did they still make the right move?
1: I don't know. We gotta give it more time. I do. I hate trying to analyze a draft pick so soon. You know what I mean? That's true. Like you kind of have to. I I have to see how it plays out because. I get very emotional with this team,
0: and I
1: overreact like any crazy fan would, but you do have to take a step back and just be like, all right, let's just, it is week two, and they could bounce back, Jay, this week, they really could.
0: Oh, that's what I'm scared of, gosh, yeah, <laughs> I, I really am, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you, and it's not because it's just you over here on the other end of the line, I am scared of it now, and you know what, if we were fully healthy, I would not be as frightened, but yeah, we're back uh, over there in the old Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium, coming up to play the Jets, which we're going to talk about over here in a few minutes. But um, talking about the Niners versus the Jets, is really not a whole lot to say except for bring out the freaking cart because we have too many players hurt. I mean, we ended up destroying them 31-13, but what does that mean? It's the New York Jets. They didn't, they're didn't. one and only receiver, basically, Jamison Crowder out of the game not playing you know brashad perryman went down so he's going to be out they have absolutely nothing there and i just i feel so before we get to the niners i feel terrible for sam Darnold because i really believe yeah. if he was the quarterback of the browns you know you know with me with the browns they finally got their win we'll talk about that tomorrow <laughs> but um and a great game by the way i want to ask you about Burrow a little bit later because I, I thought that was really interesting but um The Jets, Sam Donald, like on any other team, I feel like he would be a very good quarterback. And he is a very good quarterback, but he's got nobody. Now there's no Le'Veon Bell. There's no receivers. There's no nothing. And they drafted an offensive lineman, which is wonderful because you want to protect him. But boy, are we talking about a messed up franchise.
1: Oh, my God. Like, and we'll probably go into it tomorrow, too, because it's one of my negatives for the week. But, no, I agree with you 100%. Yes, put Sam Darnold, uh, you know, hell. What a, you know, he could be on an um, in Indy instead of River. Like, this kid has got nothing. There is nothing there for him. Now, I know all the blame's going on Adam Gase, and I get the criticism. Oh, he's the quarterback whisperer. Is he? like is he elevating this kid's play but then on the other hand you haven't surrounded him with any talent right so i agree with you that organization is a mess uh, i'm actually going to go into it a little bit more tomorrow but yeah i mean what do you want this kid
0: to do what, exactly. what do you want him to do ah, i like the tease for tomorrow and you know that's <laughs> funny it, it just brought me back to what i think <laughs> when i texted you guys uh you and damien what was it earlier today or yesterday when i was on greenie uh, not not greedy um uh What's that show in the morning with Keyshawn and, and Jay oh, will and Zoopie? <laughs> and J-Will. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Right, and he calls me a <laughs> diehard Jet fan. I'm like, no! <laughs> what are you doing? I would have oh, been so mad if somebody
1: <laughs> me for a diehard Jet fan. Oh, my gosh. But you were right. You were absolutely right. What do you want this kid to do? I mean, he's got nothing.
0: There's just nothing Nothing. around him to work with. Nothing. And, you know, and I go to the point when you think about last year, and I know it's funny we're talking about the Jets right now and we'll get more into the matchup, but they were 6-2 and at the last eight games of the season last year. And that was the quarterback. And, yeah, they had a pretty decent defense. Le'Veon Bell wasn't Le'Veon Bell. So, you know, Sam Donald, you know what you got with him. Now it's time to start getting players around him. So I hope they don't pull a Jacksonville Jaguars, which – again it was really stupid and the other part of my comment, my comment it's like Gardner and the Minshews. I feel like they were like a rock garage band Gardner and the Minshews. And the Minshew. <laughs> yeah some <laughs> weird band or something like that but it seems to work you know, they all, they lost by a field goal against Tennessee we'll talk more about that tomorrow but um yeah I'm a fan of his and anyway with the the 49ers jets look uh, again we had our second string team out there and we still beat them and that goes to show you what type of team the jets are right now and for the foreseeable future because you can't win just through the draft alone even if they get the number one pick they're not tanking for trevor they got their guy so who are they going to go after is it going to be another offensive lineman or are you finally going to get weapons for sam donald it's really just unfair to him it 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 really it really is completely unfair all right you yeah, hate to see talent wasted
1: though you know what i mean like um Even before Saquon got hurt. Like, this offensive line, it's just like, God, you hate to see wasted talent. Like, put the offensive line together. Give Sam Darnold some weapons. You know, I really, just as a fan of sports and football, I hate to see a good player just have nothing to work
0: with. No kidding, man. That's what it is. It's very unfortunate. It really is. And, And another unfortunate thing for the 49ers is that they go back to the stadium even after a win but a lot of complaining going on about the turf there at MetLife, formerly the Meadowlands, where the New York slash New Jersey Giants and Jets play. And my 49ers came out hurt, injured, out for the season in that game. Uh, I guess I can't blame the Jets tackling on that, and not as many Jets got hurt. So it makes me wonder. And they're going to the league, among other teams, saying that, yeah, this is really an unsafe turf. I'm not an expert in turf. I'm not saying you are either, but I think you know a little bit more about me than this. And I got to ask you, you know, do you think that these injuries that we've seen by the 49ers, especially in the first game played in the stadium, attribute that to the turf? Um,
1: well, it could. So there's a lot of different factors. And if you want to get into some turf talk, uh, we can do that. Well, I
0: like a turf talk. How about that? Let's do that. <laughs> I like it.
1: Okay, so let me just preface this little breakdown. Um, I'm in the project management world. I'm not going to say you know any names or companies, but it is a small world, and there's not a lot of females in this world. And uh, it, it sure takes a certain kind of girl to thrive in this world. I've been doing it for nine years. So, like I said, like anything, it's a small world. You get to know a lot of people. You get a lot of connections, a big network. And you get to know a lot of companies. So I do know the company that does the field at MetLife. Um, Uh And I will just say this. They actually, this is what they're known for, okay? Um, And being on the other end of that, I do understand how people can just see one thing and automatically put the blame on the person that did it. But this is what they're known for, and they're very good at what they do. Um, Then, of course, it's going to come down to budget, and maintenance, and if I feel like burning the world down one day and getting sued, I'll write a book on it <laughs> that I know that really cut corners. I'm not saying they do that, but it could be a factor. <laughs> so, let's just run down some, like, somebody I've worked with before uh, for about eight years now. Company I work for, we also do athletic fields and turf. And we have done colleges, high schools, uh, you know, literally baseball fields, football fields, field hockey, so you name it. Oh, so wow. we've done it. And I just thought, let me get some industry, you know let me put out some feelers and see what I can do. So it came up with this little turf talk and I thought maybe this would be cool to kind of break it down and, and give people some information. So the initial AstroTurf, right? So it's like the fake grass that you're going to see around pools mini golf, right? It's just, that's like first gen. Right. So then we go to second gen, right? It's thicker. It's more padded. But now what you get is the third generation turf. It's modern, thicker, and it the infill is like two inches of sand and the rubber crumb, right? It's that black shit that gets literally freaking everywhere. Is that like what, it,
0: It's and, all over the place. And is that um, what we have now? Is that what we're dealing with now, this type of turf? That's what we're dealing with now, okay. and that's what most
1: stadiums are it's going to be this third generation so it's going to mimic a more natural soft grass feel okay so why don't we just like go get natural grass right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. you would i know so there's a couple of different ways to think about it so what's the knock on turf right it's too hard it's too grippy the cleat doesn't always release Mm -hmm. right away right um but Any athlete is going to tell you, okay, softer is better, right? Less impact on your joints, easier to recover, right? So think about running on a treadmill. It's just going to destroy your knees over time. So Mm. if you're on an elliptical, that's a lot softer.
0: Gotcha. So it's almost like a catch-22 sort of thing. Yes. It's
1: going to mimic that feel. But if it's too grippy, or you'll hear some people say, "Oh my god, it's sticky! It's it's a sticky field." Okay, so the cleat is not releasing—that's really the issue. Um, <clears throat> but you don't want it too soft either. Okay, so Jay, have you ever tried to like play frisbee in sand, or just like a oh beach yeah, ball or
0: something? Yeah, of course, sure.
1: Okay, so it's super soft, but it's really hard to change direction, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Very true. You
1: don't, yeah, you don't want it too soft either. So that's the knock on the natural. Now it's going to be too soft. So you kind of have to, like, find – it's like Goldilocks. You gotta kind of have to find that sweet spot.
0: So oh, I like the way you said level,
1: Yeah, so level of grip, right? Harder surface, you're going to be able to plant, and you're going to be able to pivot more effectively. Yep. But artificial turf is proven. It's going to lead to more ACL tears.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, oh boy! So we're stuck. We're screwed. Is what so, you're saying? Yeah, we're <laughs> sticky like uh, like the
1: field. Um, but as the foot is being planted down, right? So here's the problem: it's sticky. You're going to plant your foot down. Your your foot is planted, but the player is moving, right? So you're really going to turn, torque your body, and you're going to pull something.
0: So should they be um, wearing different type of shoes? Then should they be wearing? You know, if not cleats, then maybe rubber bottoms or something like that?
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing. Let's talk about maintenance because the thinking on this is they pro- – so everybody knows, let me just backtrack quickly, that the field surface and performance committee, they do test the field within 72 hours of the game, and they're testing for a level of hardness. Now, like I said, that infield probably about two inches sand and crop. Uh the thinking was that they had replenished the crumb before the game. And why do you do that? That's like A number one in maintenance, okay? Because you have to keep the proper infill level in order to maintain that consistent surface. So, okay, great, we got the debris out, we're sweeping it. Here's the thing. If you replenish it and you don't sweep it in time, then The infill is gonna migrate and make the surface harder. And when we just talk about hard surface, you're gonna stick, you're gonna torque your body, and you're gonna pull something, right? So we wanna sweep after you replenish the infill. And you have to make sure you groom the field and you want to loosen and redistribute the infill because that is what is going to improve your footing. So I don't know for sure that that happened, But, like I said, I've reached out to some people that seems to maybe have been the consensus. Perhaps this was a timing thing. If they did replenish it, um, maybe they did not groom certain areas. That could have been it as well. Um, I will tell you that we have done some schools we have advised against artificial turf. They absolutely have to have it, hands down. Um, and the the first year it goes down, it is a nightmare. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> blames you. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. So I hope that that kind of gave a little bit of some background on it. It's not just oh, you put this new field down and nobody can you know can play on it. Uh, yes, of course they should look into it. But there's also the other side of it
0: as well. I think that was great. I mean I was even writing down notes as you were talking because <laughs> I, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. I really didn't. You know, the depths of which, you know, between the sand and how many inches that it had to be swept before the game and everything. I, I had yeah. no idea. I had no clue. Yeah. And I bet you ninety eight percent of our audience has no idea and now just learned a whole bunch of stuff because of you. So that was really, I know. really didn't impressive get boring so like that's just like one aspect of what I well you know what for a living, so. <laughs> <laughs> it, it may not be the most exciting topic on the planet but it's very relevant right now there's no doubt about it it really is and it kind of gets me wondering over here we're going to take a break in about 10 seconds but why the jets didn't get as injured as all our 49 key players so maybe it could be fluke i don't know and uh nikki i i appreciate all that and i'm sure our, and all of our listeners do we're here on the 49ers forecast. Nikki G, Tricky Nikki G, in the house. We're going to be back in 60 seconds. Hang in there.
1: Ladies and, Ladies and,
0: gentlemen. Gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, 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 this is a Jazzy Fizzle, Fizzle, Fizzle production. Whoa, oh, oh. Miss A. Miss
1: a. The Princess Ooh. is here. This beat is. Automatic supersonic hit.
0: That's some hotness right there. That is some serious hotness right there. Live over here on the 49ers forecast, we got two-thirds of the 3rd and 3 podcast. A shout-out to our boy Damian Adams, as I call him Damian Williams sometimes. But I'm here with my girl, (laughs) Tricky Nikki G. She is the best. Unbelievable. That breakdown of the turf and what's going on in the NFL Guys, that's major education you got right there. So that's free. You know, we should have charged you for that. But that's some serious real deal business right there. So well done, Nikki. That wasn't tricky. That was some real serious stuff. it bro- is for real knowledge yeah. with Nikki. You know, it, tomorrow yes. you guys on the fun side. Oh, yeah. Saw, <laughs> you know, professional life is intersecting with personal
1: life. So let's see if we can tie it
0: together. <laughs> Just perfectly well done. Well done. And of course, you know. The wife of our boy, Russell Wilson, our MVP, and he's certainly showing it now with nine touchdowns and one interception. That wasn't even his fault. It went off his receiver's hands. I think it was Greg Olson of all people. So there you go. That Russell Wilson, that's that's our guy. And it pains me to even say that as a 49ers fan. And now we get into the 49ers who are playing Nikki's Giants back in MetLife Stadium where half of our team went on the IR, but here you go. You're in Giants Stadium. Is this the first time? Is this the first week there? Um, yeah.
1: Wait, who do we play? No, we played the
0: Steelers Monday
1: night, week one. That's
0: right. They were home week one, Monday yeah. night, the Steelers. That's right. And, yes, they seem to walk away okay and so do the Steelers. All right, 49ers, very bad luck. Let's hope that doesn't happen for United fans out there, including me. But we got the Giants here week three. And it's not an easy game, guys. I've been big on Daniel Jones a lot. Not that I think that he's the greatest quarterback in the world, but he can throw the ball. He's got receivers out there. Look, no Saquon Barkley. I'm not even going to say lucky for us because that's a crappy thing to even say. I feel terrible for the guy. But, you know, Goldman's going to have to carry the load as far as running. So, I mean, look, they're going to probably have to throw the ball, Nicky, 50 times this game. Because they're not going to get much out of the running game to begin with, even though the 49ers have injuries on that defensive line. So I think that we're going to see a lot, a lot of passing out of your boy, number eight.
1: Oh, my God. Well, then he better hang on to the damn
0: ball. Yeah, right. I can't can't see a whole, oh, my
1: God, no. I can't watch the entire game and him coughing it up. I really really, really can't. But here's what I will say. Unfortunately, the Niners' pass rush isn't going to be what it normally is. No, and I, I am sad to say that because I did the four quarters podcast and um, I had we did this uh, rank your top five under twenty five. And I did both Bosa is on my number three, so <laughs> I don't know if I jinxed it or what.
0: Wow, we did it on Saturday. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks a <laughs> Thank lot. lot. No, I don't believe in jinxes. I don't think that if you sit on one part of the couch, your team is going to win, as opposed to sitting <laughs> on the other side. I'm not one of those guys. I, I, I love that people think that they control the entire freaking universe right. because of where they sit or what they eat or what. It's, it, it baffles me. Unbelievable superstition. <laughs> it's so
1: ridiculous. It I mean, really is. Like,
0: I got to wear this jersey and I can't right. wash
1: it because we won a game. Yeah. <laughs> Please <laughs> get your buffalo hot wing sauce steam at the your Stop, <laughs> Take a shower.
0: Stay where you want. It has no bearing. Of, like what you do has no bearing on the game. So None whatsoever. Stop. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> People still think grown adults still believe that it is. Oh wow! I, oh, I gotta wear this underwear. I gotta wear the right. boxer. Right. Right. So no. sick. All right. Wearing wearing shirts that they can't fit into since they were you know from thirteen years old. And they gained two hundred pounds On freaking real. Wow. The, the length that people go to. But excuse me, I apologize for interrupting you there. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, that's about, you know how we do, yeah, that's a, <laughs> Go off on tangents all the time. That's what we do. That's what we do. But Always. Yep. But, but yes. Know, since the rush
1: won't be what it normally is, I'm thinking Jones might get a little bit of a cleaner pocket, and then I think he can probably do some damage. So here's where I'll flip it to you. If So defensively, like we said, Giants are pretty good. Right now they're ranked fifth in the league, um, allowing only 326 yards per game. Good, can they stop McKinnon? Because he, he's hot right now, so... Yeah. If the run game, if you guys get the run game going, you keep our defense one-dimensional, I think, and Jones doesn't have a clean pocket, then I think it's a wrap. Where I think this might flip is if we can stop the run and put this game all on Mullins, is this an upset?
0: Well, it, look, if the Giants win, even with the 49ers' injuries, they'll probably still consider it an upset, even though I right. won't especially because the Giants, are, you know, they're playing at home. And look, they're 0-2. They're very hungry for a win. And I know it's new coaching and everything. But as far as McKinnon goes, I'll answer that one first. He's very – I don't want to say completely opposite, but opposite to Raheem Mostert, where Mostert is north and south. McKinnon can get to the outside. So if he gets to the outside and he's only got to beat one guy, if we have good blocking, that's where you're going to have a problem, whether he takes it on a sweep – or it's some sort of um, you know, halfback screen or whatever it may be, that's where you guys could have a problem because he is extremely fast. And when he gets to the outside, if you don't have anybody over there as far as a linebacker that can, you know, match his speed, he definitely will be a problem. There's no doubt. As far as Daniel Jones goes, I think that he will have a clean pocket for two reasons. One, like you said, the 49ers are missing. Probably their two best pass rushers, at least one of them, and Nick Bosa. You know, Solomon Thomas, he really clogs up the middle a lot of the times, playing the interior. But more to the fact that we know that Daniel Jones, like I said, is going to throw the ball a whole bunch of times, and our secondary is kind of on the weak side right now. We don't have Richard Sherman. You know, we're messing around at the other side of cornerback. Our safety problems. You know, the only guy I can rely on is Kwan Williams. To be honest with you. So I think that we can't even afford to blitz. So I think that Jones won't get sacked or maybe once on, on a lucky blitz or maybe a coverage sack if we get lucky. So with that being said, if this kid's got three, four, five seconds to sit in the pocket and find someone, he's going to find him, Nikki.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, it, listen, I think Jones can he, – when he wants to bowl out, I think he can. I think it's there – you know what? For both teams, they are depleted, and they have to put their best foot forward. Like, no pun intended, <laughs> what we just yeah. talked about on <laughs> But you know what? Jason Garrett, maybe open up the playbook a little bit. If, if Daniel Jones can just play like the rock star that he probably can be, and the defense is forcing Mullins to try and keep up, I think the Giants can win it.
0: They definitely can win it. They really, really can win it. I know. And I I don't know how much the Niners are going to move the ball on offense. I mean, again, Jimmy G, it looks like he's not playing. If he does, I don't even know how much better that is right now with his condition than Nick Mullins. So we're definitely going to be running the ball a lot, 60 65% of the time. And I'm pretty sure the Giants know that. So they have that advantage going in as well, right, knowing that the Niners are going to be running the ball a lot and if they throw the ball it's not going to be too far down the field so they know you know they know what the Niners are going to do so for the Giants on defense it's execution and for the Giants on offense it's can you hit can Daniel Jones hit those open guys and if he does get rushed once in a while can he hold on to the damn ball otherwise I think the Giants can win this game and and it scares me Nick
1: yeah. No. Um. For sure. Listen. I hope they do. <laughs> I of course. I love the Coyotes get a freaking win already. Um. Uh, but I really, I know not always counting the Giants out. But to me, when you look at this game and look at the strength and the weaknesses, they play off each other, and I do think like this could really just go either way. And that, listen, if you guys are fully healthy, I wouldn't even give it a shot. But uh, playing field has been leveled, and I think that it really could go either way. So I, I don't blame you. I would be nervous too. I'm just hoping my team gets a win, but I, they
0: might be able to pull this off. Yeah, Well, they, they definitely can. I don't even think it's a might-be. I think they can pull it off. I'm not saying they will. I still haven't made my pick yet. We're going to reserve that for tomorrow's picks. But even again, just looking at this, I mean, the 49ers, if they stick to what they do, they can win, which is, again, running the ball, having motion before the snap and everything like that. They still can do that, and if they keep their pass game short, but it, it, it's, the, it's the defense, again, that's, that, that, that's kind of killing me. At least they know on their part they don't have to worry also so much about the running game as opposed to the Giants where they don't have to worry about the passing game. So we don't have to stack the box. We can get ready for Jones to throw, but – He's got good arm strength and he can if there are four wide receivers eligible out there four or five I feel like he'll get one of them with that time in the pocket. So that's why I think the Giants are a, a pretty good bet. I got to check what the line is. I don't know what the betting line is right now. I think that given the injuries maybe the 49ers are favored by one, there could be even a pick 'em right now uh, with the way things are, but it, this game is it, it is is totally scary right now. And again, we're still waiting for other guys like Debo Samuel to come back. So look, Jarek McKinnon's going to have to have an absolutely huge game. And as far as defense, the only thing I can see them doing to mix it up, and we're not a blitzing team because again, we have that front four, but now we don't have that front four, Nick. So maybe we do a, a couple of cornerback blitzes to Daniel Jones' blind side, which I think should happen. Again, he's not the most experienced guy in the pocket. We've seen him take 15-yard sacks a lot, you know. So he's still – he's not a rookie. You know, he's better than a rookie, obviously, at this point. But he's still got a major learning curve going on. So if we blitz timely and, you know, not do it too often, but, but we do it, you know, to get him off his rhythm, that'll give us a chance on defense. But otherwise, the Giants' offense does scare me even without Saquon in this game. So – I don't know. Do you think that the Giants, with the 49ers' depleted defensive line, will be able to put up more than 25 points? Uh, hmm. More than 25 points. Because so far they've scored, what, seven? Uh, they scored 14 against the Bears. And yeah. Pittsburgh It was, what, 17, I th- 17?
1: Yeah, garbage time at the end. There. Right. Um, it looks like, let me see, 49ers at Giants plus four. I think that's the line right now. Um,
0: oh, really? Plus can, four? Okay.
1: Yeah, can they score more than 25? Uh, no. No. I No. Because our offensive line is, is not that great. And like you said, you guys can definitely expose that and – Um, Daniel Jones has got to hang on to the ball. And I don't think he cleans up those issues immediately right away this week. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. So I'm not going to go over 25 points on
0: it. No. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. If, if they can get to that number, I think they probably win. Not that the 49ers again are an offensive juggernaut, but that if they can win the turnover battle, they can win the game. And that goes for most things. So I think that's also a big part of it, but Again, we're playing with half a second string defense. And I know, again, your best player is not there. So that's something that the 49ers could take advantage of going into the game. So there's still even more that we're going to break down tomorrow on 3rd and 3 Podcast. Guys, get ready for that because we got all 16 games. We're going to pick them all. We got our fantasy snake draft. We got everything. So the picks are out there. And as far as this game, Nikki, I think we'll wait till tomorrow to make our official pick, huh? Yeah, we're going to wait till tomorrow, for sure. I'm not giving my pick now. Got to save it for the show. Got to save the natural reaction. I don't want to know what it is now. And I'm not even sure. I still got some more breaking down to do. I got to see who's going to actually be healthy for this game and and whatnot. So, yeah, rough ride for the 49ers right now. It's definitely not what I wanted, but it is what it is. I'm happy to have Jarek McKinnon back, and he's going to play a major role in this game one way or another. So we'll see. But yeah, this game definitely lies on the shoulders of Daniel Jones. If he makes it happen, then I believe the Giants win. If he doesn't make it happen, then they're not. I I think we're in agreement on that one. Yeah, for sure. And
1: I really think the bottom line is this game is going to be a little bit tougher for the 49ers than I think they originally thought. Like, yes, with, you know, being depleted. But again, like you pointed out, Jay, you can't discount a team that is so hungry for a win because to go 0-3, first of all, I can't take any more knock-knock jokes. (laughs) Ha-ha, (laughs) real (laughs) money. Okay, it's been going on for like seven years. I get it. Like, but you know, just for team morale, like, they need that win, so, I think they're gonna be hungry, I'm not giving away any pick, I'm not even quite sure which way I'm leaning yet, I wanna sit on that for a minute, I usually do, when we do our picks, I usually do the Giants game last, cause it's very hard to just kind of take your bias out of it,
0: I know, and, um, I, I mean, know, it's gonna be harder Think. it might shape up to be a better game than everyone thinks too i think so i think so i, I can't wait to watch i can't wait to watch every night game, but especially going against your team nick yeah i'm, I'm all about it the one thing People it does ready for that group text. Oh, oh boy oh boy <laughs> yep one eye on the tv and one eye on the text know that about it i'm gonna have to go chameleon style on that one be a real defensive <laughs> player but uh it, it does give other players a chance to shine show what they got you never know, but we can have all these injuries and it's funny, you know, well, not funny. We thought that COVID was going to be the problem, keeping major players out and it's injuries. So while, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, exactly, it's the turf monster eating us alive. What a disaster, but you know what? We'll take it. It goes on. At least we got the football season and we're real happy about that. And we got a little fantasy football. We want to talk with you guys. Like we said on third and three tomorrow, we're going to go a little bit nuts. We're, we're talking every game. We're going to break down. Our high fives, our rewind fives. We got it all. So get ready for that coming up Wednesday night. But for now, Nick, I want to do a little fantasy real quick. You've been on a streak, girl. I mean, look, right now, the fantasy snake draft, you won the first week. You went 13 and three on your picks this week. Phenomenal job on that. Excellent. 13 and three. It would have been 14 and two if the Saints had done their job last night. Sorry, Damien. I don't know what the hell happened there, but. Maybe Michael Thomas is your whole freaking team, and Drew Breeze really isn't as accurate. We got a lot to talk about with that. Fired. it's not even that, yet. Oh, he he's gonna get a lot. He, Nikki, he's gonna get a lot of shots fired. Because I was I was texting a little bit with him about Drew Breeze. Yep. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Ain't no joking around with that. Oh man. Oh gosh, I can't wait. Anyway, listen, so. You, yeah, you've been really killing it. I'm, I'm extremely impressed with the way that you've been doing things over here, not because you're a woman, just because of your knowledge. And again, 13 and three last week, uh, your record, nine and seven first week, but that's week one. And even week two is tough. And you're a top in our fantasy league, our major fantasy league. We all have a couple here and there, but her team name is obviously. You ready for this pathetic freaking team name, guys? Eli's the Manning ten. Oh my god, does she have a love Thanks affair? Who, Are who, oh, you wanna get me going? <laughs> <laughs> I figure I'd give you something to sleep on, but future, yeah. it's a future Hall of Fame name, okay? It is. I agree with you. It is. I I, I told you. No matter what, whether I think or not, the, the man's going to the Hall of Fame and he deserves it. So I, I do agree. Damien's the one you gotta take that up with a little bit more. You gotta get on I, his butt for that. <laughs> But uh, now you're doing great. Look, you're two and zero. You have the most points in the league. So again, you're on top. Your major players over here. Uh, we were talking about. You said you had Calvin Ridley. I have him in another league. He's been he's been better than Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. He's been doing a great job. But you got Stafford over there, quarterback. Michael Gallup, who could do his thing. You got Zeke. You got Aaron Jones. You got a hell of a backfield. Wow, that's phenomenal. And my man Raheem Mostert. So you're gonna have to fill in over there. I don't know. Is it going to be? You already picked up Devontae Freeman, so you're a smart girl. You know what you're doing. Very, very smart. Being on top of that, so I, I, I don't know. Who do you fill in? Cam Akers, Latavius Murray. You know, Chris Godwin. I don't know if he's going to be clear for our, you know protocol, but or whatever. But you're going to have to fill in somebody besides Raheem Mostert. But you're doing a great job. Yeah, I got to kind of see where we fall
1: here. <laughs> I got to kind of see if Devontae Freeman. So I drafted him, and then. It's funny. I was like, oh, God, nobody's picking him up. And I really, last week, was like, do I just drop this guy? And then I'm like, let me, let me just hang on. Like, somebody might get him week three, week four. And now it looks like the Giants might. So, you know, we'll we'll see. I'm not quite sure where I'm going to go yet. Not that I would tell you. But don't I play Who am I playing this
0: week? Who's my matchup? Uh, let me tell you. Give me two seconds. I'm going to tell you right now. Your matchup for this week. Is the Eli Mannings 10 are taking on I'm trying to hold my breath. Looks like JJ Neely's team. He's 0-2, ranked 10th. So you might have your way with him. Oh no, wait. That was last week. No, wait, no. Wait. Oh, that, hold on. I just signed in. Hold on. That was last week. <laughs> you are playing Buck and Broncos. You're playing Abe's team, Buck and Broncos. He's one and okay. one. He's one and one. So uh, hey, yeah, po- I gotta do something here. potential 3-0. and Yeah, you're going to have to find something for most it over there. But, you know, the rest of your lineup is stacked. I feel good about mine. Aaron Rodgers has been doing his thing. DeAndre Hopkins is proving to be the best wide receiver in football. He has said it, Damian, better than Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm destroying. He can't even defend himself. This isn't fair. He's not even here to defend himself. I got to stop. I know. He's not even here. I know. That's wrong of me. That's wrong. But, um, no, I picked up my boy, Jarek McKinnon, too. Um, I got Mike Evans, Josh Jacobs, who we saw play last night. He's phenomenal. And now, let me see what happens with Leonard Fournette. So, I'm pretty happy with my fantasy team right now. Y- you and I both 2-0, and and I'm in third place, and you're in first place. So, rocking and rolling so far. Not bad, Mick. Yeah, I
1: know. She even up to be a good year. Last year... Last year wasn't so great. I think I like off. I needed to rattle off like five wins. Somehow I pulled it off, but didn't get very far. But this year I <laughs> yeah. feel good.
0: See, that's what I mean. If I started zero two, I would be like, oh, forget it. Right, right. Season's a waste. But no, two and <laughs> Got the momentum going. That's it. Now we'll we'll be going to the playoffs. Now nah, that's right. Now that, that, she's off to the playoffs. There's no doubt. Yeah, her team looks. <laughs> pretty damn unstoppable right now. There's no doubt. I'm happy with mine also, though. I definitely am. So uh, I got not. a good team. I got a good team. As long as Aaron Rodgers keeps doing his thing and Josh Jacobs is his thing, I'll be pretty happy. No doubt. Like I said, you went 13-3 and this week. I went 14-2. and I made up for an 8-8 and week last week, so I'm happy. That means that you and I are tied atop after two weeks. We'll see what happens after week three when we make our picks. And Damian's only one game behind, so he's right there. He uh, actually won the first week going 10-6, and and he went 10-6 and again. So not like he had a bad week at all. And that Patriot-Seattle game came down to the wire. Otherwise, he would have had another one over us because we both had Seattle. That was a hell of a game too. And one other thing I want to mention, I don't know how much of you saw on Thursday night um, between the Bengals and the Browns, but instead of me talking to Browns, I'm going to talk about the Bengals for a second. Joe Burrow looked like the real deal. Like he belongs. He's an NFL quarterback, and even though he looks like a thirteen-year-old child in that uniform, he still stands tall. He looks like the real deal. Did you, what? What did you think with the little that you saw of him? Yeah, no, I think so. I think he's.
1: I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty high on Joe Burrow. Not so high on the Browns. I'll get into that tomorrow with something. <laughs> You think Joe Burrow is going to be a star in this league, and this kid hates to lose. So I like mm. somebody who hates to lose. They got that fire, that passion. I like it, and I think he is going to be a star. It's coming.
0: Yeah, it is, and you know what? He's saying all the right things, doing all the right things, without a doubt right now. And, yeah, very impressive. Look, they were getting their ass kicked that game. The, the Browns were demolishing him, and Joe Burrow's like, well, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to come back, and we're going to do our thing, and here we go down the field. then." He made it look really easy, and you know what? That brings me to one other thing before we before we close out the show and get everybody ready for third and three tomorrow. Nikki. I don't know if it's to prevent defense or whatever you want to call it or if they even do prevent defenses anymore, but every single time a team is down by two touchdowns with five or six minutes left to go in the game, they seem to score a touchdown within two minutes every time, and I'm wondering why it's two things. It's either one. The offense got their crap together and figured out. Well, if we go high-powered, no huddle offense, we keep the defense on the field, keep them tired. That's the way to win the game, or go in the complete opposite way and and thinking like, like, I mean, I just it's hard to put into words. How do you on defense allow these guys to get into the end zone within two minutes when it's still a close game? The game is not over. So is it that the offense has got the total advantage in that? Or is that the defense is so like, ah, oh, whatever, we got this one in the bag, it's over. But it's not. And we saw it yesterday in Dallas. I I don't get it, Nikki. Do you well, explain this to me if you can?
1: <laughs> okay. No, I do think, listen, I think it is no huddle. I'm going to lean more that way. I do hate previous. I noticed when Eli would go no huddle and get him in the two minute drill and not to keep bringing it back to him, but there was a time where fewer did it better in the two minute drill. So I do think if you go no huddle, you get that rhythm going. Yeah, you can drive down the field against a majority of the defenses in the league and and score. It just always seems to happen, like you said. And those last like five minutes, four minutes, two minutes. Here we go. We're coming back, marching down the field. So
0: right, and you know what? And they're not all prevent defense situations. Right. Whether it's you know just again the defense being a little bit lazy and giving more room to the wide receivers. You know, giving giving like a ten yard cushion. I don't understand, but you know what? If it's the case where it is the no huddle that is the dominant part of it, keeping the defense on the field tired, then why the? F- I, I almost I almost did the f bomb on the show. Why the hell doesn't off? Why that? Why don't offenses do it all the time, or at least? I don't know. You-
1: it's like a great mystery of sports. Anytime that it just. Screw. At my TV, like it just did now. Like, why don't you do this? Exactly. Like, There's so many games The Giants would start out fast with, sir, and I noticed they did this uh, quite a bit last year. They just start out fast with that no huddle, two minute, and then fall flat for yep. three quarters and then think you're going to come back and do it. Just keep with it. I don't get it. But I'm not a coach
0: or an offensive coordinator, so what do I know? Uh, you know what? Well, we're we're going to have to get one of the show because I'm not either, but. I can't figure it out sitting there watching on my TV, and nobody else has come up with an answer, and I don't have one. But look, it, it, like we said, it happens all the time. They go right down the field, no problem, score a touchdown like it's no big deal. And then, you know what, if they kick off. Maybe the other team gets a three and out. They get the ball again, and they still seem to go down the field and score a <laughs> touchdown. It, 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 it is just amazing to me. So you know what, NFL, Nikki and I are telling you, Hurry up offense every single time. Condition your players, and you're going to win. You're going to score every drive. You're going to score 79 points every game. That's the way it's going to go. That's all I see because there's no other logical explanation in the entire world other than the defense doesn't give a shit. That's all I can think of because other no, than that, quit, do yeah. it. Wow, really something else. I'm glad I thought it out at the end. I'm glad you agree because we we got to talk about this with Damien tomorrow. Don't let me forget. On the show, I got to get his vantage point on this, and you know what? I think I'm going to call every radio station from now until tomorrow morning at dawn. I, I, I just can't take this anymore. We need to figure this out. If that's the case, so holy freaking Moses! Wow. <laughs> that is your mission
1: in life, Jeff. Yes, it the is. Next couple of days. Spread the word. The 49ers forecast. We have said. You have to get the two-minute drill, the no-huddle offense. Let's go. 80 points each team a game. Make it happen. Now pay us the big
0: bucks. Right. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> exactly right, right. We've given you enough free shit. Could you hook us up? I mean, come on already. God. <laughs> giving you – you steal our segments. You took our MVP away from us just a couple yes. of days ago. <laughs> Give me a break already, all right? Your 4 little networks, whatever. Gosh, four – Yes. Uh, Nikki. They think you're a Jets fan, too. Yeah, I know. Right? And they think I'm a You know what? I'm boycotting. That's what I'm doing. I'm totally boycotting. I'm going the to heck another heck station. Is the to act yeah. put your location at the bottom of the screen. That's right, the- right. <laughs> That's probably what it was. <laughs> Well done. That's probably what it was. Yep. Our Northeasterners, we keep it. Uh, Nick, we got a minute left, but, uh, man, I had a freaking great time. I'm so glad we did this. And you know what? Regardless of who wins on Sunday between the Jets and the Giants, We love each other. We may be enemies for a couple of days, but we love each other. You're my work wife, like I said. It's awesome. I love the chemistry. When Damien's here, it's even that much better. So tomorrow you're going to hear it all on 3rd and 3 Podcast. Nikki, please quickly give him out your Twitter handle because obviously you're a must follow. And again, tomorrow the show is going to be on, so let him know what's up. Yes, you can
1: find me on Twitter at Nikki Nick nine three eight four. Follow me. I always follow back. Follow at third and three podcasts and tune in tomorrow night because if you thought this was funny and hot, wait till tomorrow.
0: Yes, there you you took the words right out of my freaking mouth right there. That's exactly right. If you enjoyed this, then you're gonna get triple the pleasure tomorrow on third and three. There is no doubt about it. Nikki, this was awesome. Thank you so much. You're my number one Giants fan. That's why you are here. There's no doubt. Number one pick. And you know what? Snake draft coming up tomorrow. Get ready for that. We got a lot to prepare for. It's going to be a really big show. And uh, yep, we got to make our picks, the records, everything. It's all on the third and three podcast tomorrow. But for today, the 49ers forecast. Thank you to Tricky Nicky G, Giants fan who we play this week at MetLife, giving you the inside knowledge on the turf. Nick, thanks so much again. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. All right. There you go. Or woman. Or woman in this case. There you go. (laughs) All right. There you go, guys. Hey, 49 is forecast. We'll see you later in the week.